with any other sport you see, you know, whether it's soccer or baseball, anything, you have the infrastructure in place, but pickleball just simply doesn't. And I know the tennis population is not too happy that the automatic uh, extension was to just start converting tennis courts. Um, so we felt pickleball needs its own venue with year-round optimal playing conditions, and um, that laid the groundwork for our team to start working on it. future of pickleball. You know what we do here. We meet with the movers and shakers, the people that are in the sport that are driving it, guiding it, taking it where it's going to go. I want to introduce Jay from ACE today. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. You know, this is kind of cool. I love what's going on in the, in the pickleball world where the business, the professional developers are coming into the sport. Um, what might be kind of interesting for our viewers, give me a little bit of an idea as to how you got into pickleball. How did you discover it, and then when did it mean something to you? Yeah, well, it started during the uh, shutdowns of COVID for me. I think like millions of other players, that's when I discovered pickleball. My wife and I were actually living down in southwest Florida at the time, and we just so happened to have six dedicated courts in our community. And so one day we figured we're going to give this a shot and see why is, why is there always a crowd of 60, 70, 80 people down there Very in the nice. mornings. And, um, you know, I remember actually the, the first experience with it as these two nice gentlemen, uh, both, they're a lot of retirees in the community there, and they were uh, well, in their early 70s, and I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll take it easy. <laughs> I, got, I got the floor wiped with me, so it was, I was hooked at that point. Uh, my wife and I just both fell in love with it. It was something we could get out there and do, and we found ourselves playing multiple times a day. And, you know, that, that really opened up my eyes to even the tournament scene that was taking place. So uh, in Punta Gorda at the uh, Pickleplex there, they run a lot of tournaments. And so I was able to start entering in and um, seeing that the, the growth that was there, you know, this was beyond now the community, and now seeing all these people traveling in for the tournament scene, and so I was just getting a quick education into why pick, pickleball was becoming sure. so popular and uh, attracting such a, a wide demographic and, and age range. So, um, yeah, we, we were loving it. And then... But now there's a big leap from, oh, boy, I'm having fun with this new game, getting yeah. to play with the old people, to starting to leap into the business development side of things. Where did that come about? Well, it came from my wife, actually. So it was, we got out of that peak time in Florida where the weather's pretty perfect for a few months. And then comes the rain, then comes the heat, then comes the mosquitoes that are large enough to carry you away. <laughs> and my wife basically said, look, you know, I, uh, say, I can't keep playing in this heat. And a lot of the retirees that we were playing with and friends that we had made, um, you know, if you're playing past 10 a.m. there, you're just melting. And, you know, it's always raining in the morning, so it becomes very sporadic. You don't know, am I going to get to play pickleball today or not? And she said, you know, it's really frustrating because even a couple of the tournaments that we were trying to do, you know, last minute, rained out, there's weather delays. She says, you know, even the wind is a factor in this sport. So uh, to back up the last 10-plus years, myself and many members on our team We've been developing sky zone trampoline parks. You know, so, you might expand on that. People might yeah. not know what 
describe what a sky zone yeah. ball, or a, a trampoline park is. So the indoor trampoline parks, um, basically uh, indoor amusement, uh, ranging from trampolines themselves to ninja warrior courses, um, slick slides, all sorts of different attractions. But the, we require the same exact real estate conditions. So second and third gen big box space, uh, very similar environment. So our team from a not only a development construction franchise standpoint, it's what we're well versed in. Very nice. And so when looking to take pickleball indoors, because we felt that you know, really, this sport is just, I mean, even from when we first started looking at developing this model, the growth that's occurred in the last three years and then what it's looking like ahead, because I think we barely scratched the surface of it. Yep. And especially once school systems start to get on board with it, we're already seeing state funding roll in. So as that continues to happen, we, the one thing our team noticed right out of the gate is there is a major infrastructure problem facing pickleball. Mm -hmm. And... You know, a lot of a lot of people think, well, it's just rain and snow. Well, it goes beyond that because it's not only the rain, snow, which we know affects 70% of the country, 60% of the year, but wind also has a big impact on this game. But, you know, 60 plus percent of the playing population now is retiree age. And so there's a concern of being out exposure to sunlight, UV rays. And at the end of the day, you know, as this, it's, it's a real sport, you want to be playing in optimal conditions and you want to have year-round access. So we just saw the need not only for, we need more outdoor courts, you know, when the weather's nice, it's great, people can get out on the courts, but we have a real lack of courts issue already for the number of players in the mm -hmm. industry. And everything is indicating that this is just going to explode over the next four to five years. So getting indoor year-round access with optimal playing conditions is key because we felt very strongly that if you know people are still forced to play on makeshift courts you know three four or five years from now or you're having to duct tape lines down yeah th there's ways that pickleball could lose steam so we need to build the infrastructure around it. And with any other sport you see, you know, whether it's soccer or baseball, anything, you have the infrastructure in place, but pickleball just simply doesn't. And I know the tennis population is not too happy that the automatic uh, extension was to just start converting tennis courts. Um, so we felt pickleball needs its own venue with year-round optimal playing conditions. And um, that laid the groundwork for our team to start working on it. We've been working on this quite a while now before we came to market because we really wanted to lay out the foundation for lining up a full service franchisor offering to so where all of our real estate development is in-house, construction, project management, internal design, and get everything ironed out on the back end to where when we come to market with our first location because we feel that we're going to raise the bar on the industry. Um, we could go nationwide. Now, you're, you guys are under construction in Georgia currently, aren't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. And what's the timeline on that? So we'll be opening the doors in three weeks. Oh, we're, we're really yes. close. Yes. So, so and, then, and then my understanding is your, your um, uh, development team, you've got a number of franchisees already looking for sites and locations. Yeah. We have 32 franchises sold and in development. Now, now, do you, I 
know a little bit about the franchise world, will you work with people who are interested in buying the franchise rights to a city or individuals, or how will that work out? Yeah, it's a mix of both. So we have, we have several groups that are established multi-unit franchisees of other brands. You know, one of our groups owns 300 T-Mobile um, locations across several states. Other groups, this is their first time franchising. They're, they're starting with one unit. So we're built to support a very, you know, a brand new franchisee that has zero franchise experience, which is why we needed to set the internal systems and processes in place to support them. Um, but any franchisor is always excited to work with, you know, proven operators of sure. other brands. Oh, yeah. And so will your your franchise be a, the, the, it'll basically be a turnkey operation that uh, people will be able to, how will they, how will somebody watching this in Nebraska that says we need more courts be able to figure out how to connect with you guys and what, what to start thinking about? Yeah, so we are what I'd like to call as like a, a full-service franchisor. Um, the franchisee is still very much involved in the process, um, but we run the real estate process in-house. So we engage the brokers, we engage the commercial services teams, we drive that process for them. We're also doing internal designs where we can absolutely ensure that we're getting optimal spacing and an efficient design in the space. And then it's a direct extension into the architecture, which we uh, lead that process as well, and then helping bid the project, providing assistance through the project management, and then um, the internal training and operations aspect. So. Very cool. You know, one of the things that uh, I'm pretty involved in the space, in the pickleball space, I've been at any number of the new places, and sometimes there seem to be some corners caught, spacing issues. Yeah. How are you guys planning on addressing what the courts, the, 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 the player experience will be on the courts? It's, you know, that's something that we noticed right, as, right away as we were touring kind of the industry and understood that there were some uses already out there uh, in operation. And it's, you know, it's not an easy task developing a 25 to 45,000 square foot space. And, you know, our team luckily over the years, you know, there's a lot that we learned what to do and what not to do with trampoline parks and sky zone. And so going into this, we knew that, you know, our number one goal is what we're selling is an optimal pickleball experience. Mm -hmm. So that means you have to have quality control. You have to have a minimum standard that you know our clear height standards. We you know we will not look at anything less than 18 feet. We prefer 20 and above clear height. Um, column spacing has to meet our minimum requirements to where we know that absolutely the smallest courts we're going to have have an additional five feet on the sides, eight feet on the ends. Perfect. We will not go smaller than that. It's um, then you layer in your premium size courts and you have to have the right ball containment. I know that drives me nuts is when I'm in the middle of a game or especially in tournament play, you have a ball flying in from another sure. court, you gotta replay the points. So we're gonna mitigate all of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's about setting those standards and then that's why it was so critical to have internal design because with every location we're opening, we're always evolving. You know, with Roswell, I can tell you right now, our first franchise that's going to be opening is going to look a little different. It's going to be an improved layout because we're going to have layered in drill areas and dedicated ball machine lanes that nice. we don't have in Roswell. Yeah. But that's that's just part of always oh, evolving. Sure. 
Yeah. I, I want to ask you, with all of the uh, the trampoline sky zone franchisees that you have, are any of them looking at pickleball? I don't know what the the majority of that network is is up to, but one of our uh, former Sky Zone franchisees, his name's T.K. Herman, um, he did join in with us, and he likely will be the first franchise opening as well. Oh, so he very signed nice. on for Very Mobile. nice. So now uh, the first franchisee, what's the timeline? When would you think that that'll happen? So I think we're on track to get the first franchise open by, I would say, December of this year. Very nice. Um, very nice. I think we're setting up for a rather large Q1 opening, though. I, I, I'm really excited. I was anxious to meet you and hear kind of more of the details of what you're doing in the traveling that I do. I'm all over the United States hearing people say, we know things are being done. How do we do it? I, I think it'll be great yeah. uh, to be able to have somebody like your operation that's that's up and running. Um, are there any are there any financial guidelines that you guys publish or broadcast about what what the the standard franchise model needs or requires in terms of the financing to get it going? Yeah, so it's it's very early in this industry. So we do advise everyone that you need to plan to have the liquid capital available to fund the first deal. It's just, it's very early. We do know and we're working with some lenders that have expressed interest and said that they're, you know, they're willing to lend on the use. They believe in the use and the concept, uh, but that's not always going to be the case for everyone. So with your first unit, um, you need to be prepared to finance that yourself. And um, so what is, is there an average square foot model that you're looking at? I know we've got boxes all over the country that are ending up open and dormant and sitting. Is there a particular model that you're guiding most of your franchisees to think about? Yeah, so we, we have our square footage requirements and we are leaning to the larger end of it. I know that there's a lot of smaller, you know, four and six and eight core facilities. I think our average is going to be between a 12 to 16 court facility. Very nice. Um, I know the first franchise unit coming up, they may be at a 20 to 21 court facility. And and are there any geographical focuses or limitations to what your plan is? Not really. I mean, I don't know of a single market. I've I've done a lot of demographic analysis over the years. That's what I did at SkyZone. One of my functions there was doing white space mapping and demographic analysis. And you know, now that I'm expanding from the trampoline park uh, core customer to pickleball customer, it, it's a very it's eight to eighty. It's fifty fifty male female split. It's a low cost barrier entry sport. I mean, it's. Um, it's pretty much for everyone. And, you know, in terms of weather, I, there's not many markets that I, I don't see this working in. It's more of a real estate uh, play. It's finding the real estate. And then, so you say your group does the real estate. They yes. work with the franchisee in their market to find the appropriate locations. Um, how quickly when someone engages with you, so if somebody's listening that's going, maybe this is a way that we can help accelerate facilities in our local yep. market, uh, how quickly do they start to be able to get their arms around what that first year funding cost would be? Yeah, so everything's outlined in our FDD, so the average typical cost. Um, and, you know, it's the, the range is what we say is low end, about 800000 to high end is about one3 Okay. Now, it really, it, it varies greatly depending on the condition of the site. So not so much on the on the square footage with 
most other uses, it's greatly dependent on the square footage. This one, most of the work is in the front check-in. Um, you have your, your um, demo, all that scope, everything, and then the courts themselves. But it's really what is the condition of that site. Is it a you know, gray, dark shell, or is it a vanilla condition? Because that's what's going to dramatically affect sure. the investment. Very cool. So now as you guys have got your foot in the water on this and you're, you're launching and you're rolling out, you've got a, mm -hmm. uh, a, an excellent executive team with experience in working with franchisees. For somebody, we're hearing about a number of different franchise models and things like that. What would be your secret sauce that you would encourage people as to why they should reach out to Ace? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're going to say a secret sauce, it, it's our team. It's the experience. So it's not rocket science to build pickleball courts indoors. I think where there is a major difference from what we're bringing to market, and there's a few other concepts out there that I think are doing a pretty good job, um, it's... It's being able to deliver the right experience and design the 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 space in the mm -hmm. correct way, um, and really, it's it, it starts right at the out of the gate with real estate. I mean, to to find and negotiate thirty to forty thousand square foot boxes, making sure that you know use restrictions, zoning, getting the right terms that you're going to need for this model. It's, you, need, you need a team that knows what they're doing and has the connections with these major landlords that are going to be able to cut these deals and then moving into that design phase and then moving into procurement and getting economies of scale on the construction side of it to bring those costs down and efficiently lay out that, that park and then have um, a strong operations and training team. Because I think you know, the programming and events, that's, that's a big core function of our model. And so having a strong network with, you know, solid programming, that's how you stay engaged with your members. Sure, sure. You know, it's interesting. You're describing things that I've had conversations with people, and I know nothing about the franchise space. I know nothing about the commercial real estate. I've had conversations with people, and we're talking about, oh, well, there's an empty big box. Just go do it there. Yeah. And you come to find out, and particularly those use uh, uh, restrictions sometimes are jump come leaping to the front of the conversation. So it's really interesting to hear about an organization like yours that's been there, done that. Let's figure out yeah. how to, you know, be it's, efficient and go. It's the little things, too. I mean, it's, you know, you can go into a big former, call it a Toys R Us space or something. But it's even the, the way the concrete you know, slab, how thick is it? What kind of grading does it have? Because if it doesn't have the right grading, you're going to have to acid pour to get the bonding agent to stick right. You need to core drill things to do it the right way. Um, there's a lot of corners that can be cut to do it, but to do it the right way requires a lot of precision. Very cool. You know, in the show that you're on here, we talk to people who are in the space, who are going places. Any any visions or fantasies that you'd like to see come into pickleball uh, or, or ideas that you and your company are thinking about doing to make a difference? Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's sky's the limit in terms of opportunity and just ways this game is continuing to grow. I mean, being here at the MLP event, um, this is my first MLP event and seeing the, you know, the scoring and the formatting and how the the, the function is different than that of a PPA or an APP event. I, you know, I don't know if anyone has the, the uh, perfect solution yet to how to efficiently yeah. run tournaments, but I think you know, we're going to be playing around with a lot of different formats as well, coming up with some new 
formats, some new scoring systems, um, with keeping things traditional. Obviously, that's what people are used to. But um, you know, one of the, one of the other things too is the you know the opportunity to continue engaging the youth in the sport. Very I think nice. that's a responsibility for every company, not just us. Because if we if the number one focus is to grow the industry and grow the sport. We very much believe that all boats will rise with that. So doing community outreach, uh, working with school systems, things like that, um, it's going to be key. And I also think we have a very unique platform um, for charity and fundraiser purposes as well. Yeah, very nice. You know, in, in, all of the, in all of the different facilities that I've seen, coast to coast, north to south, it does seem to be fairly evident that those that program well yeah. the game changes. I yeah. mean, the player experience, the events that they do in terms of whether they're ladder leagues, tournaments, they all seem to get the player experience has to be a positive. Um, so I'm excited to hear you guys talking about programming as a big part of what you're, you're looking to do in your franchise model. Um, very cool. Um, let's see. Now, I don't know. Do you have any uh, uh, kids? No kids. I have one cat that she. Uh, well, she, I was she's a handful for me. I was wondering about when, if there were any kids, when they would be the 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 next pickleball phenoms. No, a few members on our team though have have a few kids, and and we're, I think they may be some of our early prospects for the Ace Ace uh, Pickleball Club All Star Team. Very nice, very nice. Now tell me, of the is there any geographical? Uh, area that ACE is, is working more consistently with than others. Are you primarily a southeastern United States? No, we're scattered all over from basically the Bay Area. Oh, to, really? Yeah, Bay Area, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Denver, Phoenix, um, Fort Wayne, Indiana, oh, all over very Florida. Nice. Very so, nice. Very yeah. nice. Very cool. Well, I told you we were going to have a good one today. I want to thank Jay so much. Watch for Ace coming to your neighborhood nearby. And how does somebody get in touch with you guys if they want to say, hey, we need to get together with you guys somewhere in the country? Yeah, if you just go on to acepickleballclub.com and up at the top, you'll see uh, franchise information. You can click there and submit, uh, submit the form and someone will be in touch shortly. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks Great for having, having me on. Great having you on the show. See you next time.